Bud Light. Come back every weekday, 3 to 6 p.m. for more Sports Company on Sports Talk 977. local guy came up to me and said, they call the guard out for this stuff? You probably thought we were all about hurricanes, tornadoes, fighting Mother Nature. Hey, it's a chemical spill. It's a disaster. It affects the water supply, threatens wildlife. We're talking about the health of entire communities and people's livelihoods. You bet we're ready for these kinds of things. We were out there with booms to prevent the spill from expanding. We were responsible for protecting and monitoring the sensitive wetlands. I also remember the moment that same guy came up to me and said, I don't know what we would have done if they hadn't called the guard up. Learn more about how you can protect your friends, families, neighbors, and the environment. Everything that makes up your community. Go to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Louisiana National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. Your weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, everybody. It's Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Was the Packer wins in the NFC North, dominant wins over the Vikings and over the Lions, was it fool's gold? I think leaving Sunday Night Football, the answer is the Packers are definitely for real. They've now put up 122 points. That's the most in team history through three games, and the Packers have had a pretty good offensive history, particularly with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. So for this to be the most points they've ever scored through three games and for them to pull away the way that they did against the Saints tells me a lot. It tells me that the Packers right now are probably the best team in the NFC. It's Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Sometimes Colin Cowherd waxes poetic. He is really something, man. He talks a good game. Good luck. Here's the playbook. And you know, Colin will get right to the point. Let's make the complicated simple. No messing around. No BS. I've lost a lot of arguments. I won this one. It's over. And that's a good thing. You're excited. I'm excited. It's The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Weekdays, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. What's that noise? Oh, oh. Wow. It's the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. Hello, hey, it's Harmon. 
Harmon. These two are made for each other. That is right. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon, delivering all the sports and entertainment news. Our business is sports. That you can use. Lots of sports, sports, sports. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. That's like great guy moments in history. Weeknights at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Injured in an accident? Call Creed and Creed in Monroe for local experience representation. This is Sports Talk 97.7, now on KPCH Ruston 99.3. It's time for the First National Bank Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show. This is your source for Louisiana Tech Sports News. For the next 90 minutes, Bleed Tech Blue Radio goes deep inside tech football, basketball, and recruiting. Tonight's show on Sports Talk 99.3 is also brought to you by... O'Neill Gas, Brister's Smokehouse, Courtesy Automotive, Dairy Queen, Walpole Tire, Ideal Portable Buildings, Kirk Joyner Graduate Sales, and Bienville Motors. Text us on the Fairway Carts text line at 888-993-7762. Here's your host, Ben Carlisle. Oh, you know what time it is. It's Bleed Tech Blue Radio. It's BC. It's Beck Haynes. It's John Tabor coming to you live from the Sports Talk 97.7 studios here in Ruston, Louisiana. Beautiful Tuesday Beautiful afternoon. Tuesday. Tough to be in the office in days like this, BC. Wanna or be, the studio. Want to be out at the park. Can we do this outside, Tapes? Can we do an outside outside show one day? Tapes would love it. As long as you bring him a Mountain Dew. Hey, can we just get a window in here? Hey. Right. Look, here's the deal. You've brought me two Polar Pops. Three. No, 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 no. Hear hear me out. Okay. You've brought me two in previous weeks. Okay. We've both had winning weeks the week you've brought me a polar pop. Then he doesn't show up this week. No, 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 no. He's got one sitting right here in front of me. Oh, I missed it. So let's make it three for three. Let's do it. The power of the polar pop. The power of the polar pop. And third time's a charm, Taves. I got the – Ben, while we're talking about this – you want to give me a little insight on what happened in the old fantasy football? Yeah, there. we're not getting into fantasy football till later in the show. Back, got more to cover. Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Want to thank our sponsors: First National Bank, Fairway Cards, Dairy Queen, Courtesy Automotive, Walpole Tire, Ideal Portable Buildings, Bienville Motors, Ball Four Graduate Sales, Brister Smokehouse, and O'Neill Gas. As always, you can call us. You can text us on the Fairway Cards. Hotline or text line, 888-993-7762. We'd love to hear from you. Beck, it was another good week in Louisiana Tech football. The Dogs take care of business against Houston Baptist, 66-38. In front of a sellout crowd inside Joe I. Stadium. Your thoughts on the game? Ben, it's... Pretty much what I expected early on. You know, whenever yeah, same we here. whenever we get you know, a little skip syndrome there where I start to wonder, oh, man, is this is this team a little better than I thought? You look at their stats, Ben. They're air raiders. They just sling it. Quarterback had 1,100 yards in two games. Got a little nervous. Not going to lie. A little nervous. Uh, but, you know, just – just like always, Tech, tech seems to always start a little slow, Ben. Yeah, you know, you, you look at how the game went, and I, I think I said it on the show last week. I think I predicted the score 63-41. to 41. Oh, yeah, we need to look at that. That was pretty close. Yeah, 66-38. BC knows what he's talking about around Wait, what, here. What was final score? 66-38. 66-38. Six, I had – let me find it. I had – Tapes. I think I was in last. Tapes was the second closest, I think course you're in last place what's new what is new can't find it bc but it was in there somewhere 
Yeah, don't worry about it. But listen, nonetheless, we said last week, you know, it wasn't going to be the prettiest game statistically, especially when you look at Tech defensively, but it was going to be a game that Tech controlled throughout. And, you know, Houston Baptist got off to a nice start. I think they led 14-10 to 10, uh, midway through the first quarter. Tech put the clamps down. I think they yeah. were up 38-14 following that after four consecutive touchdowns. So, Dogs Aww. really settled in and cruised to an easy yeah, win. Great defensive adjustment. Uh, that was encouraging to see. I think, Ben, I think we may have solidified our quarterback situation. What do you say? Uh, certainly appears to be that way. You talk about Luke Anthony, and you know, last week I know we mentioned a number of accolades. Well, here, I, I could go the next 10 minutes talking about some of the accolades he got this week. Conference USA Player of the Week, Louisiana Sports Writers, Co-Offensive Player of the Week, named to the Davey O'Brien Great Eight List, Frisco Bowl Offensive Player of the Week, and he was also named honorable mention for the Earl Campbell Tyler Rose Award National Player of the Week. So you look at Luke Anthony's first career start, he was 17 of 30, I believe it was 314 yards, six total touchdowns. Certainly passed that first test with flying colors, I would say myself. Yeah, not bad at all, Ben. It was good. What I was encouraged to see was uh, Luke throws a beautiful deep ball. Beautiful. And there was the Southern Miss game, there was a few throws that he missed a little short, and that was the comment I heard throughout the yeah. week was that, can he get the ball there? I think he, I think he proved he can. Yeah, I think he was 5 of 6, uh, about 130-something yards on throws, 20-plus yards down the field with four touchdowns. Yeah. That'll work. That'll work. Uh, a little bit different than what we saw against Southern Miss, but all in all, uh, pretty good performance for Luke. Aaron Allen had a few series. He was 5 for 7 for 39 yards, and, of course, Weston Elliott comes in rather efficiently and throws one pass for one touchdown. Seven yards. Gotta love it. Quick text in the text on Joey Freshwater. How will the extra year of eligibility affect scholarship distribution for 2021 and going forward? Do y'all think Luke Anthony stays and is the starter in 2021? I think, you know, as far as the scholarship distribution, I think that's, you know, kind of the big it's something that's not going to be talked about a lot until you get right up, you know, three, four weeks out from signing day. You know, we'll see if the NCAA ends up adjusting when signing day is going to be. But it's going to be interesting to see how many extra scholarships uh, Tech plays with. You know, obviously the cap right now is 85. That number is going to be able to be pushed out to 100, maybe 110 when that ruling comes out. So we'll see how many extra scholarships Tech has to play with. Uh, if they want to keep competing at a high level, I think the best choice would be get as many scholarship guys signed as you can uh, this year. And as far as seniors coming back in 2021, you know, I think you you look across the roster, and I'm not sure there's a uh, quote-unquote clear draft pick on this team, but I think right now I would say Luke Anthony's definitely coming back and will be the starter again in 2021. Now, things can change. You throw for 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns, that might change your thinking, and you might kind of want to test your waters and see if you got a chance to play in the NFL. But right now, I think Luke Anthony's not only going to start in 2020, but I see him coming back in 2021 as well. Yeah, pre uh, presents an interesting dilemma for players and coaches because a lot of these guys are, are you know, they they sit out two to three, one, two, three years waiting for their turn and, and are waiting for those older guys to get out, and then what's gotta, up? They're yeah. coming back. So. Uh, you know, you always have the, the, the fifth-year seniors that are that maybe just ready to move on or, like Ben said, you know, keep playing football as long as they can, give themselves another chance if that's really truly their dream. And then for coaches even uh, who have some guys, they probably are ready to move on. And, then well, and, and two, we see how prominent the tra transfer portal is these days. How, 
how is that impacted by all of this? Because, you know, in years past, you don't play. You could hop in that right. portal. And if you're a pretty good player, you're going to find a place to go. Now, if you do pile into the transfer portal, what what if other programs don't have open spots due to all their players coming back? So, like you said, it's a very interesting dilemma for both players and coaches. Or, or recruiting. You know, you're going to sit in the guy's living room and telling, hey, we see you being a playmaker in one to two years. Well, actually, three or four, uh, three or four seniors yeah, are yeah, coming back. So, yeah, no doubt. So, it, it just presents an interesting dilemma on both sides of the ball. Uh, for some schools, I think will for sure benefit better than that, and you know, I think a lot, even a lot of guys on on a lot of seniors on Tech's team right now that we would we would love to see back next year. So, uh, will be interesting for sure to see who decides to make that decision. A pretty big week coming up. Not gonna lie, dogs travel to Provo, Utah, Friday night to 8 p.m. kickoff against 22nd ranked BYU. Be an ESPN two game. I, I know you didn't have the chance to catch the Skip Holtz press conference today, but let me tell you something. It was classic Skip Holtz today. Is BYU, should they be ranked number one in the country? Oh, only giving up 16 first downs all year. Quarterback can make any throw that you need him to make. Physical at the point of attack. We're just a work in progress. Going to be a tall task for the dogs to go on the road. We really wish that we were playing in front of a sold-out crowd. It's a great environment at BYU. You name it, Skip Holtz gave them their credit. And let me say this, the dogs got them right where they want them. <laughs> you look at some BYU message boards, oh, it's going to be 63-17. We're going to handle these boys easily. I got some news coming for the Cougars. <laughs> dogs are coming to town. A little bit of bark, a little bit I, of bite. I think I saw the text of 23-and-a-half point underdog. Yeah, a little bit of a That's dog. stout. Yeah, especially considering BYU, and we're going to talk about this in the next segment, but especially considering BYU beat a Navy team 55-3 to that hadn't practiced all fall. They also knock off Troy last week 48-7. to I don't care who you are. I mean, Troy just, ain't the Troy of old. Tech just scored 66 points. Yeah, they're going to score some points in this game. Let's be real. I mean, I, a 24-point a underdog is... It's a little outrageous, is, uh, but hey. Wild. We're not drawing the lines. Right. That's fine. I don't live in Vegas. Gosh, what we got for Man, tonight? Wait, what is this? What 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 reschedule is this? Uh, this was uh, a reschedule of the Baylor game, so th this kind of replaces Baylor in terms of a money game. So here's what we got coming up tonight. Before we get to our first timeout, uh, I got Jay Drew of the Deseret News coming up in the next segment uh, to preview Louisiana Tech and BYU. Chase Patterson of Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services will join us at six thirty. Going to talk about some common football injuries that we seem to. See week in and week out, discuss some of the recovery processes that guys go through. And then at 7 o'clock, going to put school in session. Professor BC, going to dish out some questions for Mr. Beck Haynes and our good friend Sutton Davis, and I'm sure he'll have some interesting quotes up his sleeve. So let's well, go. Sutton's coming on tonight. Well, Sutton, gonna, good friend of the program. Yeah, good friend of the program. Let's go ahead and jump to our first time out when we come back from the break. Jay Drew of the Deseret News will join us. You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio. At First National Bank, we have a strong team of bankers who are dedicated to meeting the needs and dreams of our customers. With competitive rates, tailored loans, and exceptional customer service, your experience with us is sure to be like no other. We invite you to come tailgate before every Louisiana Tech home game. First National Bank, we are the Uncommon Bank. Visit us online at fn.bank, member FDIC. 
Bulldog fans, this is Chris Brister from Brister's Smokehouse, and I'd like to invite you to our new location, 1420 Cooktown Road in Ruston, across the street from our old location. Stop in and try our famous scatter load on your choice of four different types of bread. Our barbecue nachos are piled high with your favorite type of meat. And you have to taste for yourself our tender and juicy smoked cooked chicken, my personal favorite. So whether you're in town or at a tech game or just in the mood for the best barbecue in town, come see us at Brister's Smokehouse, 1420 Cooktown Road in Ruston. Oh, courtesy, a great place to buy a car. You'll love the smiling faces here at Courtesy. You'll love the deal you get on every car you buy. Eight brands, two convenient locations in Ruston, one goal, customer satisfaction. That's the courtesy way of doing business. Online at buycourtesy.com. Oh, courtesy, a great place to buy a car. This may be an unprecedented year, but it's still an exciting year for La Tech. And Fairway Carts in Minden remains loyal blue. From the new football season to the growth and improvements in the sports facilities, Fairway Carts is proud to support everything good at La Tech. And everything good is more fun on a new Easy Go. So stop by and let them show you the right golf cart, utility, or multi-passenger Easy Go for your family from Fairway Carts in Minden. Call today, 371-CART, and go Bulldogs! Want to find out stuff about tech sports your neighbor doesn't know? Keep it right here on Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by First National Bank. Call or text the show on the Fairway Carts Hotline, 888-993-7762. Welcome back, Bleed Tech Blue Radio, BC, Beck Haynes, John Tabor. Louisiana Tech gets set for a big road trip this weekend to Provo, Utah, to take on the 22nd-ranked BYU Cougars and join us tonight to preview BYU, Jay Drew of the Deseret News. Jay, thanks for taking some time. I know you're busy tonight. Uh, we appreciate you taking some time and joining us. Yeah, no problem. Excited to be on with you guys. Without a doubt. So, Jay, you look at this BYU team, and just you know, first to talk about the head coach, Kalani Sataki. Um, in his fifth year as the BYU head coach, I know he's done – uh, a really nice job at the end of 2019 and certainly started off strong here in 2020. Uh, w- when you look at his uh, four-plus seasons in Provo, uh, how would you evaluate the job that he's done thus far? I would say it's uh, a little above average. Um, he's uh, started off with a 9-4 and four record his first season. The next season they went 4-9. and nine. It was the first losing BYU season in like 20 years. Um, then they uh, rebounded with back-to-back seven and six seasons. So uh, he's done okay. The, I, the knock against him is he's, he's lost some games that they probably shouldn't have lost. Uh, on the flip side, they've won some games they probably had no business winning. They beat Wisconsin at Camp Randall. They beat Tennessee there in Knoxville. Uh, they beat USC at home. So they've won some really big games. Um, but then they turned around and lost to the likes of Toledo, South Florida, Hawaii. So they've lost some games that they were probably should have won. So that's kind of, in a nutshell, how I would describe his tenure is just wildly inconsistent. And you look at this BYU team, and, and you know a lot of us uh, folks here in Louisiana aren't necessarily uh, familiar with kind of the the life of a student athlete. Uh, once they do sign with BYU. Can you describe what kind of the life cycle of a BYU player is when it comes to signing, redshirting, going on the two-year mission? How how does all that work uh, once you become a member of the program? 
Yeah, about roughly 65% of their players have served two-year church missions. Um, generally, they go right out of high school, or they might play a year, or they might be in the program and redshirt a year. So generally, uh, the players are older. Um, they don't go on these missions. They don't go lift weights and work out and all that. They, they literally proselyte for two years. So they're, they're not in Gold's Gym or anything like that, you know, getting bigger, faster, and stronger. But uh, um, so generally, BYU, uh, about the same number, uh, percentage, are members of the, the LDS Church or the Mormon Church, as it's called. So um, that's kind of where BYU gets its recruits from is the states of uh, Utah, Idaho, Arizona, California. Uh, they have a few scattered throughout the rest of the country, but... But that's kind of where they get them from. Most of your BYU players are married because they're older. A few of them have children. I think this year's team, there's about six or seven, you know, uh, kids or, or you know, children on the uh, players on the team. So that's kind of their lifestyle. It is a lot different than probably what your listeners have heard or or think about. Uh, but that's just kind of the nature of the beast out here at BYU. And how is the move? I know a couple years ago, a few years ago, BYU moved to an FBS independent. How has that move, um, not necessarily gone from a fan base perspective, but how has it gone for the program? I know this year is obviously a different type of year with all the uh, postponements due to the, you know, COVID-19, but how has the move been to becoming an FBS independent? Yeah, I'd, I'd have to say it's been a mixed bag. They've had some good years. Uh, they've had some years bad years. They have no conference championship to play for, which is kind of a bummer. If you lose a couple games early in the season, people wonder, well, what do you have to play for? Um, they usually have a bowl game lined up, um, and so they know what bowl game they're going to before they even start the season, assuming they get bowl eligible. So um, there's a lot of things like that. The, 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 the positive side is they've been all over the country playing some of the best teams in the country, like I mentioned, they've played Wisconsin, Notre Dame a couple times. Uh, they've been in Texas. They've been in Florida, just all over the place. Um, and I don't think they've ever – oh, yeah, they played LSU in uh, a few years ago, a game that was supposed to be in Houston. They got, got moved over to, to the Superdome, and uh, they got waxed by LSU. I think it was 27 to nothing a few years ago. But, but that's been the upside is they've really – been able to play almost whoever they wanted and that's certainly a positive for the program so when you look at this 2020 team uh obviously coming off a seven and six campaign in 2019 uh where have you seen the biggest improvement uh from the team obviously they've had a tremendous start uh here in the first couple of weeks yeah you know their offense has has been really really good they got a zach wilson the quarterback this is his third year starting he's a junior um, he struggled last year. He got injured, and then he made some bad decisions. He, uh, you know, had a lot of interceptions. He seems to have really improved his decision making this year. Um, of course, they haven't been really ran up against a, a really powerhouse team yet, um, but he's looked really, really good. Uh, threw for 392 yards against Troy the other night, uh, more than 200 yards against Navy in the opener. So I would say just the quarterback play has really been noticeably improved. And, you you know, Skip Holtz talked today in his press conference, I know you were on the Zoom call with us as well, about 
how BYU has really has the ability uh, to run the ball or throw the ball offensively. Has that helped them improve a lot offensively as well? Yeah, for sure. This offensive line, they've got every return, every starter back from last year. It's a really older, mature, veteran offensive line. And uh, they went seeking balance in the offseason. Um, they've kind of been nicked up at running back. Uh, they lost uh, a transfer from Utah to start just before the season started. He decided to transfer to Utah State instead of BYU. So they lost him, and they lost a promising freshman to a uh, – to a knee injury in the Navy game, and then they uh, another JUCO transfer they were really expecting a lot from uh, suffered a knee injury in fall camp. So it's kind of a diluted uh, running back core, but the two guys they got, the two mainstays, have been pretty good so far. And you look at them defensively, I think, you know, if we've learned anything over the years watching BYU and some of those late-night games that we get a chance to you know, maybe get a chance to watch 30 minutes or so. They're, they always seem to be pretty good on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm, I know it starts up front with the defensive line and how physical got those guys are up front. Uh, what, what's the outlook for the BYU defense entering this game? Yeah, they've, uh, they had a couple guys that had to miss the Troy game with COVID or COVID tracing. Uh, they should be back. Um, other guys filled in very admirably in the secondary BYU's got a really good defensive line this year, all three seniors when they played the 3-4. Um, they uh, led by a guy in the middle, Kyrus Tonga, 350 pounds, probable, probable NFL draft pick next year. Returned for his senior year just because he thought this team was special and could could uh, do some things. And So it's all kind of led by him, but uh, that's generally a strength of the team so far. Last year they, they had trouble stopping the run. They were vulnerable to the run. Um, partly because they like to, to drop eight. They played a lot of spread offenses, so they, they rushed three, dropped eight, and, and teams were able to exploit that that could run the ball. Um, and I think that's really what they're worried about with La Tech. La Tech is a lot more balanced than Troy was last week, and, uh, and BYU will probably have to play a different defensive scheme uh, than they did. And you look at this matchup, one last question. We'll let you get out of here. I know you got some... Uh, media duties uh, on the BYU side tonight. Uh, if you're looking at from BYU's perspective, what are some uh, keys to the game for the Cougars if they're going to come out with a victory Friday night? I think they got to start fast. Um, I think they've kind of got to do what they did to Navy and Troy, and that is kind of take any hope away from, from the uh, opponent as far as um, staying in the game. I think if La Tech can kind of get its feet under it, get used to the altitude, get used to the no fans in the stadium, and kind of find their legs, I think they'll be fine. So I think BYU will be looking to kind of jump out quick and, and kind of try to, you know, put the hammer down early um, and, and take away hope. I think if La Tech can kind of sustain something early, I think they can make a ball game out of it. Without a doubt. Well, Jay, we certainly appreciate you joining us tonight. How can our listeners follow some of your work online? Yeah, just go to Deseret deseret.com that's uh, deseret is kind of a utah word it means uh, honeybee but it's d-e-s-e-r-e-t.com and then just uh, backslash byu sports and and i've already written four or five articles about the game and i'm sure i'll write a few more so feel free to look those up without a doubt looking forward to a fun matchup come friday night appreciate it okay guys have a great one jay drew with the deseret news and and beck you know you, you look at the matchup between these two teams 
you know, coming up this Friday night on ESPN2. And this is a BYU team like we talked about in the open. Uh, 55-3 win over Navy. Uh, defeat Troy 48-7 to last week. Uh, you, you know, it's and you talked about the 23-point spread from Vegas. It, it looks like an uneven matchup. But my one, my one, I guess, positive for Louisiana Tech, let, let's be honest for a sec. From a talent perspective, these two teams are going to be evenly matched. And you could even say that Tech probably has an advantage from a talent perspective. Now, BYU's older. They're going to have some 23, 24, 25-year-olds out there that are more mature, and they don't make a lot of mistakes. But I, I have a hard time seeing this game being a blowout. Right, I agree with that. I mean, you know, I had our stat guy look up average age of BYU. Love the stat guy. Yeah, uh, kind of slacking tonight. Came back with a 2018 stat of 21 and a half years old. I can't imagine it's changed too much. No, I wouldn't imagine. But we're gonna we're gonna between the 21 and 22 year old range for an average, which I think most teams are probably around 19 the 19 to 20, to 20 range. So. Um, definitely, like you said, I mean, a few years, those are still pretty uh, heavy developmental years, and you see, you know, our freshman guys come in looking like sticks, and then a few years later, they're a little built, little built you know, so uh, I think that does play a role, but, um, you know, I agree, this this game is not going to be um, that much of a difference. I like the dogs and the points. Um, I just think there's a little bit of an intimidation factor, a little bit of a reputation for BYU to just older, bigger, faster, well, I, stronger, I but I think you're right, on a talent perspective, I mean, their their pool is a little smaller than ours. I mean, oh, yeah. it, BYU is a little more of a specialized school. It's um, so it's not it's not have the the audience that uh, that like a, a Louisiana school might have, you know, because you're not going to kind of like Navy, you're not going to go there yeah. unless you want to do that. So, all that being said, uh, Ben, I agree. I don't, I don't, I don't get where that twenty three and a half point line came from. Not just because I'm biased, but I mean, Tech. I know it was Houston Baptist, but Tech just put up. 66 points. You don't, and I think, you can't you know, do that if you're incompetent. And I think Jay made a good point mentioning I know Nick Brown and I were talking about it before we went on the air. You know, both teams are looking to start fast. You know, from BYU's perspective, like Jay said, you want to kind of put a team and, and kind of get them on their heels early in the game. But if you're from Tech's perspective, you get an early touchdown, take an early, you know, 10-3 lead. It's kind of like, all right, guys, like, let's settle in. Let's play four quarters of football and let's really figure out how good we are. So I think both teams need to start fast and can't afford uh, to necessarily get behind by a bunch of points. But from a Tech's defensive perspective, we we know what Tech is right now. They're young in the secondary. They're going to give up a lot of passing yards, and they're going to rely on their front seven to get some pressure on quarterbacks to force them into some mistakes. Zach Wilson's playing really well at quarterback, throws for 392 yards last week. So BYU's feeling good about itself offensively, just like the Bulldogs are. Now, looking at Tech offensively, what is Tech going to do? BYU's so physical up front. We heard Jay talk about, hey, they like to rush three, drop eight. Well, if they do that, they're going Tech's going to let Henderson eat. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. Now, if they want to stack the box six or seven guys, I don't think Holtz is going to have any problem spreading it out with five receivers and letting Luke Anthony pick and choose who he wants to throw the ball to. There's just too many weapons outside for BYU to slow down if that's the choice they make defensively. Right, and let's not pretend like Tech, even with Diaco, kind of had that uh, teams would come out early in the game and it was like, you know, first two or three series, they seemed to get points and then yeah. it was like, whoa, 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 we got it figured out. What that, I've seen that this year already. You know, no, it's Tech kinda, needs an early stop. Tech needs an early stop. Now, I mean, I can't, I haven't, I don't keep up with the message board during the game, Ben, and I know you do, but I can imagine the first 15 minutes of the game, it's a little, a little like, nerve-wracking, little nerve-wracking but... 
Ben, that's we've seen this over and over again over multiple years. No, I Tech agree. starts out a little slow, and then things settle down. Well, so, even the, even the Houston Baptist game, right. offensively, that right. first drive was ugly. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, Tech scored on the first drive at Southern Miss. But I mean, I remember telling my buddies, I was like, "Guys, Tech's going to start out slow, and then we're going to come around." And that seems to be a pretty safe bet. Ben, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I, I we keep hearing how physical BYU is, um, but I don't. I haven't seen yet where that's going to be a massive problem. We got three running backs that I like but, a lot. Yeah, well, and Skip talked about in his press conference today. You know, this isn't a game that you're going to come in and try to scheme out a bunch of things. You're you're not going to try to throw a bunch of gimmick plays at them. It's going to be man on man football. They're going to be physical. They're going to try to punch you in the mouth, and that's going to be good for this Tech team. I think. You know, you look at offensively. Tech has so much experience. Defensively, we're going to find out what these guys are about. Can you? Stop BYU from shoving the ball down your throat on the ground and force them to kind of throw at some of those young guys in the secondary and see if you can make some plays. Because if I'm Tech, I'm daring you BYU to run the football because I, I want to see if I can get them in a third and six, third and seven spot, an obvious passing down because we've seen it with David Blackwell, defensive coordinator at Tech, early on in this season. You give him a chance on third down to mix some things up, that's when he's good at creating pressure, uh, bringing some guys from some different spots. So, it, like we've been talking about, Tech has to start well early in this game so that they can settle in by the end of the first quarter, make it a game, and, and we'll find out who the better football team is late third quarter and into the fourth. Right. What's I mean? What's what do you? Blackwell's had two games. What do you yeah. I mean? What do you what do you think so far? No, you, I think I think he's done a good job. I think you know we knew coming into this year the defense is going to be a work in progress. You're, you're replacing ten starters on that side of the ball. Uh, you're starting two true freshmen and Tyler Grubbs and Cedric Woods. So. It's not all that surprising that Tech has gotten off to some slow starts defensively, but it, we're getting into that part of the year where... I don't feel like it's been awful. No, it hasn't. And I think we're getting into that part of the season where you want to see, may, I don't know if bigger jumps is the right word for it, but you want to see those improvements show up more often than, you know, five out of ten plays, if that makes sense. You want to see those guys say, all right, you know what, we know what we're doing. We know what they're doing on this third and eight. We're going to stop it. And I think that's the issue that we saw against Houston Baptist early in the game, being obvious passing down, and a guy would end up being wide open. And those are the things that will get you beat in a road game like this against a talented opponent that's really fundamentally sound and executes at a high level. Right, I agree with that, Ben. I, I, I just – we haven't given Blackwell much consideration or much thought uh, no, on haven't. the show. But, I mean, the first game – you know, you have a lot of a lot of practices where you're not tackling, so we knew that one was going to be a little rough. And I was really just impressed with the adjustment he made after the second or third series in the Houston Baptist game. And um, this is, I agree, it's going to be a really good test. For Real Tech. quick before we get to the timeout, BYU, two of their players, Baylor Romney, Gunner Romney, sons of Mitt Romney. No way. Believe it or not. Okay, interesting. On the night of a presidential debate, we mentioned <laughs> yeah. Mr. Romney. You got to love it. Let's go ahead and take our next time out. We come back from the break. Chase Patterson, Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services will join us. We'll discuss some common football injuries, some of the some of the old rehab processes that it takes to get players back on the field. You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio. We'll be right back after the break. This may be an unprecedented year, but it's still an exciting year for La Tech. And Fairway Carts in Minden remains loyal blue. From the new football season to the growth and improvements in the sports facilities, Fairway Carts is proud to support everything good at La Tech. 
And everything good is more fun on a new EasyGo. So stop by and let them show you the right golf cart, utility, or multi-passenger EasyGo for your family from Fairway Carts in Minden. Call today, 371-CART, and go Bulldogs! At First National Bank, we are committed to the individuals and communities we serve. We offer personal banking, mortgage lending, commercial lending, and cash management. Let us honor our pledge to be uncommon in all that we do by visiting one of our convenient locations in Arcadia, Ruston, Farmerville, Monroe, and West Monroe and experience our professional, enthusiastic service. First National Bank, the Uncommon Bank. Member FDIC. Got a lot of stuff? Ideal Portable Buildings has what you need. A new custom-built portable building built with quality materials at low prices no one will beat. Ideal also carries dirks and portable buildings in all sizes from a garden shed to a lofted barn cabin. And keep all your stuff covered with a new Eagle Carport from Ideal. Rent to own with no credit check and 12 months same as cash with approved credit. Find Ideal Portable Buildings on Facebook or call 699-9426. Hey, DQ fans, the new fall blizzard treat menu is here. It's a lineup of all your favorite fall flavors blended with world-famous vanilla soft serve with pumpkin pie, caramel apple pie, Oreo mocha fudge, choco-dipped strawberry brownie dough, and snickerdoodle cookie dough. Every bite feels like diving into fall, leaves and all. It's officially fall at DQ, so hurry and make the season sweeter with a new fall blizzard treat menu today. Don't have time to keep up with Louisiana Tech sports the way you'd like to? No worries. Just listen to Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by First National Bank. Call or text the show on the Fairway Carts hotline, 888-993-7762. Welcome back. Bleed Tech Blue Radio, BC, Beck Haynes, John Tabor, coming to you live from the Sports Talk 97.7 studios here in Ruston. Now join us on the Fairway Carts hotline. Chase Patterson, Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. Chase, I know that you've had a beautiful Tuesday afternoon after your Astros pulled off a late-inning comeback against the Minnesota Twins. Oh, man, that was nice, wasn't it, Ben? Uh, it, was, it was nice, I guess, all right? I, I guess. <laughs> when do your Cubbies play? Uh, little, Who cares, a 1 Chase? 1 p.m. pitch cares? tomorrow afternoon. Right, we got a, Red's got a little 11 a.m., and that's what you were wondering, Chase. Yeah, you're a big Reds oh, yeah. fan, Ben. Big huh? Reds fan. Hey, uh, Chase, before we get into this, I just want to ask you a question. Who, out of me and Ben, who do you think won in fantasy this week? If you were just to take uh, a while to Since you're asking the question, I'm going to say Beck. Yeah, without yeah, a doubt. You'd be right. You'd be right, Chase. <laughs> he, he's got bragging hey. rights, and he won't shut up about it. <laughs> it may not happen but once or twice this season, so I really got to milk it. Beck, I don't know a whole lot about y'all's league, but I do want you to know I'm strongly rooting for you year in and year out. After <laughs> well, some I, of that. I, I need, yeah, I need all the rooting I can get, yeah. <laughs> He's got one fan on his side plus his wife. It's been a rough road, Chase. It's been rough. So, Chase, let's jump right into things. So, you know, we see a number of injuries across college football year in and year out, and I think the most common injury uh, is obviously the knee injury with an ACL, and I'm sure you guys see it a lot at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. So when you look at an ACL injury, when a guy first comes in, you diagnose him, he has the surgery, uh, what's the outlook look like early on in the process, and how does that progress? Uh, you know, over the course of six, nine, and maybe even twelve months. Yeah, if we're talking about football, um, it's going to be pretty close to a twelve-month rehab. I mean, they may, may get back to football-like activities at six months, um, 
but it takes a long time for that graft to fully mature. I mean, we're looking at really for the ACL graft um, that they receive in their reconstruction, it matures for a year or two after surgery. Um, but we believe in the physical therapy, orthopedic surgeon world, um, that they can safely return to sports around 10 to 12 months for football. Now, other sports might be a little bit sooner than that, but with the forces that are loaded on your knee in football, it does take a little bit longer. Um, but right off the bat, it kind of depends on what type of graft um, the athlete had. There's three main types of grafts that we see. Um, we have a bone, patella bone graft, where they take the middle third of your patella tendon and make your new ACL out of that. And then you have the probably the second most common is your hamstring graft, where they actually take part of your hamstring and make a new uh, ACL for you. And then the third, and we really don't see this graft in athletes at all. It's more for the older population that are just wanting to get back to normal life is the allograft, which is a uh, graft from a cadaver. Um, but what we typically see is a bone patella bone graft or a hamstring graft. And early on in the rehab, just kind of depends on what type of graft you have. If you have the bone patella bone graft, you want to get that hamstring back working as quick as you can because that inherently will protect your ACL um, when you're going back to play sports. The stronger and quicker your hamstring re reacts to different types of forces, uh, the safer it will be on your ACL. Your ACL won't get it stressed as much. But if you have a hamstring graft, you're obviously protecting two things there. Um, you don't want to overwork the hamstring right off the bat um, because you've just got some of your hamstring taken away. But later on in the rehab process, that's a really important part um, that you want to hammer home. So like I mentioned earlier, that is the quicker and stronger your hamstring can react to those forces, the safer you'll be when you return to sport. And so, like, w when a player goes through this 10- to 12-month rehab process, particularly in football, how common is it to see a guy that doesn't necessarily uh, have, you know, that confidence in that knee, uh, especially when he's first returning to, act to action? Yes, that's uh, the first phase of rehab is decreasing swelling, pain, and getting your range of motion back. And then the next couple phases are strength and power and those are usually the longest but return to sport you kind of move to what we call a neuromuscular re-education phase um, it's just getting your your knee and your leg to do what your brain wants it to do and with that acl surgery that pathway from your brain to your knee is not working near as efficiently as it should um, and it just feels weird like uh like I, i'm walking around right now and don't have to think about what i'm doing but someone that's had an ACL reconstruction, they have to think about where their knee is in space when they're running or when they're jumping up for a ball and landing. They're like, oh, my gosh, am I going to land right? Am I going to land correctly? But if, if your rehab is good enough and you're focusing on those things, hopefully that transition to sport will be easier. But no matter how good your rehab is and how hard you've worked in rehab, those first week or two return to sport is always going to be scary. Um, so what, something I've noticed, especially with the athletic population, we work with a lot of the – um, tech athletes and other athletes in town um, but a big uh, part of their rehab is mental uh, health or mental awareness because I mean you can imagine they've, if they're in division one sports they've been playing a sport they love for probably the past 10 to 12 years and it's taken away from them for possibly up to a year now um, so you have to make sure their mental health is good and they're in the right space uh, headspace for getting back to sport and so you know shifting to another injury obviously we see a lot of ankle sprains high ankle sprains describe a little bit the difference between a high ankle sprain versus uh just your normal ankle sprain that you know we we probably would get walking into the studio here in ruston right so something that you or i would get ben is 
probably going to be what we call a lateral ankle sprain where you just kind of roll your foot inward. Um, there's three different grades of that, grade one, grade two, grade three. Um, grade one obviously being the least traumatic. If you have a grade one ankle sprain, even with some of these athletes, they'll get a lateral ankle sprain. If it's a grade one, um, they can. some of them can even go back to sport that day. If they can roll their ankle up on a play, come out for a drive or two and go back in. Grade two, you're probably going to miss talking about athletes here, probably going to miss a week or two, maybe four weeks with a grade two sprain. Um, but grade three is going to most of the time require surgery and potentially be a season-ending season injury. Um, but that's what we're talking about, those eversion ankle sprains. High ankle sprain is a little bit different. When your foot is coming up into what we call dorsiflexion, so your toes are coming up to you, um, you're, with a high ankle sprain, your foot, not only gets rolled up, but it kind of gets jammed back up to you. And you have a, a connective tissue in between your tibia and fibula. Those are your two lower leg, bron- leg bones that hold those two bones together. With a high ankle sprain, that connective tissue in between those two bones gets ripped or torn or just injured. And so not only are you dealing with an ankle injury at that point, but you're also dealing with a lower leg injury. Um, but we've the surgeries have gotten so much better with high ankle sprains. If you do have a surgery... Uh, with a high ankle sprain now, it was most definitely 10 years ago, a season-ending injury. Like but now Tua. We've, yes, but Tua has had the new surgery that I was about to talk about. It's called a tightrope surgery. They basically they used to have to use screws um, to hold those two bones in the lower leg together, but now they use something called a tightrope procedure where it's way less um, invasive, I guess is the right word, that just have a, have a almost like fishing line holding their two bones together instead of screws. So Tua came back, it was insane, like in two or three weeks, uh, whenever that was, two years ago, after his high ankle sprain surgery. And so let me ask you this. So I had an ankle sprain back in my day when I played baseball. So at what point does an ankle sprain cause ligament damage? Uh, Or is that possible? So, Yeah, absolutely it is. Most of the time when you have an ankle sprain, you're damaging ligaments and tendons. So... That grade one we spoke about earlier usually just overstretch the ligaments and tendons in your ankle. But grade two, you're, you can tear up to 50% of your ligaments and tendons um, in your ankle at grade two. And grade three is when you tear 100% of your ligaments and tendons. So almost every ankle sprain you have, you're going to have some ligament and tendon damage. And I said earlier you could return to sport in four to six weeks, hopefully, after a grade two ankle sprain, but those ligaments and tendons won't be healed for a, maybe three months um, after an injury. So they can linger for quite some time. Yeah, I think I'm going on eight years with this grade two <laughs> ankle sprain. <laughs> Beck, what you got? So you can you can you can tell when it's about to rain outside. Then, right. oh, without That's a doubt. Right. All right, Chase. So I had uh, I've had like three or four knee surgeries. Mine are all related to uh, my patella, my kneecap dislocating, and it damaging all those ligaments around there. Now, when this was happening right. in high school, my doctor just loved to remind me this was real common in cheerleaders. Is uh, I was just wondering if that's <laughs> just wondering if that's evolved any, if it's become more of like a Bo Jackson situation where you're just too powerful for your own body. I was just curious. You know, Beck, <laughs> I was trying to help you out with fantasy football here earlier, but uh, talking about patella dislocation is the most, the most common is a tall, lanky high school girl that we see that in. So. <laughs> That, that sounds about right. So, Jason, here's one thing that I wanted to talk to you about as well, and we talked about this. We we always hear about tearing your Tommy John in baseball and how, you know, it's a 12- to 18-month recovery. 
you know, obviously a guy's out for the season if he does go down with that injury in baseball. But speaking to football specifically, uh, I know it's probably not all that common to see a guy uh, tear a ligament in his elbow in football, but how much would that hinder a player? Could he play with the torn Tommy John? If he does have surgery to repair it, how long would that take him to come back from? So I actually got a stat for you here, Ben, because you and I spoke about this recently. Um, Looked up a couple research articles. In a 14-year span in the major leagues, uh, they had 214 Tommy John reconstructions. In that same 14-year span in the NFL, there was only one Tommy John reconstruction. So huge difference in football. Exactly. Um, And that that one was Ben Roethlisberger, who tore his – Two years ago, I think. He's uh, kind of a baby, though. So, yeah, he is kind of a baby. Big old, big old baby, that Ben is. <laughs> yeah. So you usually see it in quarterbacks in the NFL, obviously, or in football, because they kind of have similar throwing motions to a baseball player, that overhead repetitive motion. Um, so if we're, if we're talking about a quarterback that tears their UCL or their Tommy John, it's about the same time frame as a baseball player. It may be a little bit shorter, 10 to 12 months, instead of about 12 to 16 months. Um, but if you're not a quarterback, if you're – receiver, defense player, anything like that, you could – I mean, if you if they brace it up correctly and you get your surgeon to clear you, you can come back as quick as four months after a Tommy John surgery if you're not an overhead athlete. I hear you. I hear you. All right. Well, I was just wondering. So, yeah. you're, you're a PT. So, how important is it from your perspective to gain that trust of an athlete uh, once you begin working with them to come back from what if, whatever injury they might be coming back from? Oh, it's huge. I, I honestly believe – um, that is the number one goal. We, I spoke earlier about right after surgery, you want to decrease pain, swelling, and get back range of motion. But even before that, you need to gain their trust. And it may not be day one. You're building that trust throughout the whole process. Um, but, you know, athletes are, for the most part, very in tune with their body. So sometimes it can be a little frustrating working with them. If they're not having a good day, they need an outlet um, to talk to it about. It. Sometimes as a therapist, you are that outlet, but you just have to, get them through that day and the next day may be a whole lot better um but yeah if they they don't trust their medical team around them it's going to be a tough tough road to recovery absolutely well chase we certainly appreciate you joining us tonight if any of our listening audience is uh needing some pt services uh can you give them a glimpse of uh where they might should give you a call at yes uh you can find us on facebook or instagram it's legacy outpatient therapy services for facebook or lots.rustin for instagram or give us a call at 318-255-9601. Absolutely. We appreciate, I appreciate it. appreciate y'all's time, guys. Have a good one. Make sure you say a prayer for right. Beck this week in fantasy. He's oh going to need another gosh. one. Okay. I sure will. Talk to you guys later. See you. Chase Patterson, Legacy Outpatient Therapy Service. That's pretty good. A little interesting. Old Big Ben with the old uh, Tommy Johnson. He's going to have to mention that to Sutton coming up at 7 o'clock. Oh, I'm sure he's One listening. player in 14 years. Wow. Big baby. Yeah, um, definitely going to probably be needing Chase's services in the future, Ben. Are you? Yeah, because uh, all my injuries haven't really been in the most athletic way, more of just normal everyday life situations, Ben. So just stay ready, Chase. I'm coming. Not surprised. Go ahead, take our next time out. We come back. We'll take a look around Conference USA. Might, might take a look around the country. Had some upsets this past Saturday. You listen to Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Walpole Tire and Service has been a proud LaTeX supporter for over 60 years. So when the Bulldogs hit the field or hardwood, make sure your vehicle is game ready. 
Let the staff at Walpole get you safely to and from the game with brake repair, alignments, and computer diagnostics, plus all major brands of tires, including Goodyear, Michelin, and BF Goodrich. Walpole Tire and Service, a name you can trust. Ruston and West Monroe. Visit WalpoleTire.com. Uncommon, how would you describe it? Would it be above the ordinary? Outstanding? Exceptional? First National Bank, the Uncommon Bank, is above the ordinary. An outstanding bank dedicated to exceptional customer service, trust, and courtesy. First National Bank, we promise to be uncommon in all the things we do. Member FDIC. Oh, courtesy, a great place to buy a car. Smiling faces here at Courtesy. You'll love the deal you get on every car you buy. Eight brands, two convenient locations in Ruston, one goal. Customer satisfaction. That's the Courtesy way of doing business. Online at buycourtesy.com. Oh, Courtesy, a great place to buy a car. Graduate Sales. You know us as the Class Ring People, and you should. We've been supplying the area with graduation specialty products like Class Rings for more than 60 years. At Graduate Sales, there's so many things we offer, though. Name cards, mailing accessories, note cards, T-shirts, shorts, memory gifts, memory books, announcements, inserts, too. Rely on us for all your graduation needs, including Class Rings. Call Kurt Joyner at Graduate Sales or go online, www.graduatesalesury.com. That's www.graduatesalesury.com. You gotta love it. Tech sports, that is. That's why there's Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Brought to you by First National Bank. Call or text the show on the Fairway Carts Hotline, 888-993-7762. Welcome back to Bleed Tech Blue Radio. It's BC, it's Beck Gaines, it's John Tabor. Coming to you live from the Sports Talk 97.7 studios here in Ruston. Beck, not going to lie to you. We cover Louisiana Tech. We love the dogs. We sure do, BC. Dogs are 2-0. and But we also are football fans. We're football fans. I'll be honest, this past Saturday felt pretty dead gum normal. The SEC was back. We had upsets all over the country. All over. We had the Big 12 playing two-and touch. We had upsets all over the map. Did I just say you that? You said that twice. Yeah. Yep, sorry. Short-term memory loss. So let's take a look at it. Number three, Oklahoma. Your boy Spencer Rattler turns it over <laughs> four times. Not my boy. That'd be a good friend of the program, Sutton's boy. Yeah, I'm going to mention that to him. OU blows a 28-7 lead to Kansas State. Pulled an Atlanta Falcon right out of their back pocket, BC. Oh, how about them Dirty Birds falling apart in the Ooh. NFL? Todd Gurley ain't helping things over there in the ATL. Kansas State beats OU for the second consecutive year, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, kryptonite. Chris Kleiman, the job he's done, coming down from North Dakota State, now the head coach at K-State. He might only win seven games a year, but he's going to knock off Boomer right. sooner. He'll have a job every year if he does that. Every yeah, year. No doubt about it. How about this? Mike Leach, the Pirate, 623 yards passing in game one. Goes into Tiger Stadium. I get it. 
It wasn't a sellout. I get it. You don't have to remind me. Mississippi State beats LSU 44-34. I would say pretty surprised. Now, I thought Leach was going to win some games. I think he's probably going to win seven, eight, nine games a year at Mississippi State. He's going to have better athletes as well uh, than he had at previous stops. Man, he got it going quick. Yeah, he sure did. You know, and I've been I've been uh, inquiring to LSU fans about what happened, and they love to tell you how young the secondary is. And do they? Yeah, they only have three people playing that returned last year. Now, Ben, it's my understanding that when you put a team on the field, Ben, you got to have them ready, okay? expected to win. Yeah, part of being a whole championship program is preparing the whole team, Ben. I don't like that excuse. You I don't. Re- I really don't. Tech had half a team out against Southern Miss. W. Dub. Yeah, equal competition. Ben, get your team get your little team ready. Hey, let me ask you this. SEC ain't ready for Mike Leach. <laughs> Dude, I'm really excited to see how the good reporters they. ain't ready. The teams ain't ready. <laughs> the and defenses sure. ain't ready. Hey, Dave, how many games do you think Mike Leach wins this year? Before the season I said five and five. Six. Six and four. Seven, maybe. Yeah, I, I think the big thing that's going to help Leach, I don't know if it's necessarily going to help this year, but it's going to be the quality of athletes that he's able to recruit. Now, I don't think he's going to start landing these four- and five-star recruits year in and year out, but he's going to have better athletes if than what he If you're a receiver, why do you not want to I will go say, there? I think he's got a legitimate shot at finishing third in the West. So you got He's already knocked Alabama. off one hurdle. So you think Alabama, Auburn, or LSU, maybe he's well, right he's all, They already knocked off LSU. Well, that's true. You got the tiebreak. So Auburn... And Bama ahead of them. Got to beat A&M. Yeah. Depending on who they got from the East. Uh, I'd have to look at their East teams. Yeah, I, th- but. I think Vanderbilt's one yeah. of them. I mean, you figure those seven and three. Yeah. You're going to be right probably there. probably get you third. And it's going to be and an I adjustment. Think, and I think that would be big for them in year one. But I think the big thing, too, is we look at Mike Leach teams over the years. What's the one thing? They could score points with anyone, but they right. couldn't stop anybody. Well, the thing that helps them in year one is – this Mississippi State defense is pretty daggum good. Yeah, and those aren't his guys. He didn't recruit no, yeah, these guys. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And like you, just just a different talent level. I mean, he's yeah. he's you know Washington or other schools he was at Texas Tech. It's just they kind of know that it's a it's going to be a 50, 60 yeah, point kinda, game. Yeah, but in the SEC, I mean, that's a if you're a football player on defense and you want to go go play the best, I mean, you're going to go to the well, SEC. And two as well, how. How often have we seen truly like dynamite, dynamic offenses like that? Bama in recent years, obviously LSU last year with Burrow. Uh, you know, Florida going back to the Tebow days, but but nothing like as many times as they're going to throw the ball. No, the first no, no, nobody throwing the ball. There's 65 a reason there times. was a record. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And you know, you give up 623 yards. It's just, I'm just excited. I want to see how it's going to work out. that style into the SEC because it's not typical. We haven't of the seen SEC. it. Yeah. yeah, we haven't seen it since Hal Mummy. Now, with Jared Lorenzen. Right. I got to believe if you're going to have something like that, it's you, either it's, if you're kind of a one-trick pony, There's when the team figures out how to stop it, it's going to be ugly. Well, he ain't going to stop throwing it. I can promise you. Never. He said you don't have to run the football to win. Dude, he had the leading rusher in the SEC coming back, and what did he do? The guy caught eight passes for 150 yards. He I don't mean, care. Yeah, he don't care. Fantasy value. Let me ask you this. So, Beck, I, I'm watching game day. I'm watching the – Fox Noon kickoff. You know, we got Matt Liner. We got Reggie Bush. We got Lee Corso, Kirk Herbstreit. We got we got the gang. Both networks. They're feeding me Texas. Fe- the the horns. Sam Ellinger, Tom Herman. They Sam Ellinger has been a media Darling. golden child yeah. 
for forever. And then they have to survive in overtime against Texas Tech. Texas ain't going to the playoff, man. No. I, I don't, you can take the Pac-12 out. You can take the Big Ten out. You can take the ACC out. Texas ain't going. I don't know what it is. They, the world wants Texas. They're cursed. They want him so bad. Ellinger's a good player. No, he is a good player. But he's not. I, don't I mean, think they're he's not a pro quarterback. And they're just they're just looking for the first chance to say Texas is back. Oh, ain't no doubt about that. It just ain't happening, Ben. Right, then, then come Saturday evening, we're we're at the Joe. We're watching the dogs. Mike Norvell, first year as a Florida State head coach, he's missing week one. I mean, missing this game, tested positive for COVID. And he has to watch his rival Hurricanes and Miami, Manny Diaz, Blake Baker, De'Eric King, 52-10. to 10. He might have bitten off more than he can chew going to Tallahassee. I'm sorry. That Florida State program's a long ways away from competing. I don't know what Jimbo Fisher did to it, but after he <laughs> won that title with Jameis, he gone. It went off the rails. That's all I got. So, Beck, let's look at some Conference USA scores from last week. Uh, Thursday night, UAB beats South Alabama 42-10. to UTSA defeats Middle Tennessee 37-35. I was just happy that Middle Tennessee actually showed that they had a pulse. Uh, of course, <laughs> Tech beats Houston Baptist 66-38. Luke Anthony, the GOAT. UTEP, about this, third win of the oh, year. Yeah, Ben, only, interesting. Only had two wins the prior two seasons. Come to Monroe. 31 to 6. Not sure if they ate it. Walk-ons after the game, they handed it to the Warhol. Vegas must have been they must be recovering from COVID too. They gave they they had ULM as a nine and a half point favorite. At one point it was ten point favorite. That game was to never which close. You said oh ULM's ULM gonna was, crush it. I did. I thought it. I I, I thought the Warhawks were gonna win. On it wasn't even it wasn't even, even a game. the same league. No. And I, I I don't know if you can have sympathy for ULM at this point. They're just not a good football team. And Tech's going to get their shot at the Warhawks come November 21st in Shreveport. Uh, I, I know we were expecting a big rivalry game with a huge crowd, but if the Warhawks continue to trend in this direction... Uh, may not travel very well. May not travel very well, to say the least. Liberty... Goes, Liberty. Liberty goes down to Miami, knocks off FIU 36-34. The fighting Hugh Freezes continue. <laughs> What's their squad? They look to wreck shop and see you. Are they pretty good? Yeah, Freezes done a nice job. Yeah, he's kind of You're dirty. not mad about the old Freezer, are you? No, he's kind of a dirty coach, but he can do what he wants to do. Liberty's more holy than everybody <laughs> else, so I guess we all got to get over it. And how about this one? The Dogs beat Southern Miss 31-30. Scotty Walden's a cheerleader. He's a strength coach. He can he can get the guys rallied. Southern Miss jumps out to a twenty-one to three lead over Tulane. Listen, I ain't gonna lie to you. I picked Tulane to win this game. I, I thought Tulane was a better football team. I thought Southern Miss was gonna fold their tents after the loss to Tech. I see a twenty-one-three score. It's like dead gum. Walden might be the coach here. ULM. I mean, Tulane goes sixty-three to three the remainder of the way. And beat the boys in Hattiesburg 66-24. to Father Abraham, what are you doing? Ben. My goodness. Know, I was thinking this week. I know they're all excited about old Coach Scotty. But, Ben, he had some questionable calls in the Tech game. 
He going for four or going didn't for, have a chance for, to make questionable calls I know, this but I'm week. Saying, I'm saying he he should have probably by all means won the, the first game he coached against Tech. No, he should have. Which I get it. He's trying to. He's making those calls where the you know if it, if it happens, the team's like, oh, he believes in me. Oh blah, yeah, blah, blah. trying yeah. to do backhands. Didn't work. Line. Cost you the game, and then you go and you play Tulane, and you just pull an Atlanta Falcons and get embarrassed. Oh. I guess. I guess the the good thing is they they pulled it earlier than the Falcons usually do. So it wasn't such a heartbreaking thing at the last minute. But that game I looked at the score later and just thought, man, I bet Jack wish you stayed at tech. I just <laughs> bet you he did. I bet you he does. Hey. Let's call him and ask him. You want to get him on the show? Hey, I tried to tweet at him the other day. Turns out he gets off his Twitter before the season starts. Uh, oh zero dark oh, thirty. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that tells me everything I need to know. Yeah. Tells- you don't want to hear the criticism, so I eliminate it. Bron Braun does the same thing. Yeah, we, you Play gotta love it. engaged. Gotta love it. Let's go ahead and take our next time out. That's one thing we decided. Conference USA, still a struggle. We come back from the break. Good friend of the program, Sutton Davison, will join us. We're going to put a little school in session. Professor BC going to grill the boys a little bit. We'll see what they have to offer. You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Be right back. Hey Bulldog fans, this is Mark Richardson with BMW Motors in Arcadia. Are you looking for the lowest possible price for a used car or truck? My fellow Bulldog and partner Jeff Robinson has been out scouring area dealerships looking for the best possible deals. When he finds them, we bring them to BMW Motors in Arcadia and pass on those deals to you. Come check us out in Arcadia, and when you do, you'll be able to say, I know I got the best deal. Go dogs. BMW Motors in Arcadia. At First National Bank, we have a strong team of bankers who are dedicated to meeting the needs and dreams of our customers. With competitive rates, tailored loans, and exceptional customer service, your experience with us is sure to be like no other. We invite you to come tailgate before every Louisiana Tech home game. First National Bank, we are the uncommon bank. Visit us online at fn.bank, member FDIC. This may be an unprecedented year, but it's still an exciting year for La Tech. And Fairway Carts in Minden remains loyal blue. From the new football season to the growth and improvements in the sports facilities, Fairway Carts is proud to support everything good at La Tech. And everything good is more fun on a new Easy Go. So stop by and let them show you the right golf cart, utility, or multi-passenger Easy Go for your family from Fairway Carts in Minden. Call today, 371-CART, and go Bulldogs! The Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show is brought to you in part by O'Neill Gas. O'Neill Gas offers propane delivery to homes and businesses throughout North Louisiana and South Arkansas. They also offer a wide range of propane and natural gas appliances. For more info, go to O'NeillGas.com. Injured in an accident? Call Creed and Creed in Monroe for local experience representation. This is Sports Talk 97.7, now on KPCH Ruston 99.3.
find out stuff about tech sports your neighbor doesn't know? Keep it right here on Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by First National Bank. Call or text the show on the Fairway Carts hotline, 888-993-7762. It's BC, it's Beck Haynes, it's John Tabor, it's Sutton Davison on the Fairway Carts hotline. We like to call him a good friend of the program. He likes to stir things up a little bit. Hey, pal, how are you? Sutton, are you there? Sutton looks like we have lost Mr. Davison. Hopefully you can get him back on in just a second back. But oh, He's calling the old cell phone. I don't know what that's going to do. Yeah, I don't know what that's going to do for Mr. Davison, but Tapes can give him a call back. But anyway, so, um, you, you know, looking at a number of these things that we're going to discuss, which we're going to discuss Louisiana Tech's play throughout the first two weeks of the season, I think that, you know, Really, and I know you and I both predicted that Tech would beat Southern Miss and beat Houston Baptist. So from a win-loss standpoint. Right on schedule. Yeah, right on schedule. I know, I think we predicted, I believe it was 9-2. and two, if that's No, we had, them, it was, we had them one loss. No, we at first we didn't. I think we adjusted well, that. For the, to, BYU, with BYU. Yeah, yeah. So the, obviously the Baylor game gets changed to BYU. So let, let's get right back to the fairway carts hotline. Uh, good friend of the program. Likes to tur- stir things up. Hey, Sutton, how are you, pal? Oh, I'm good. I heard I missed a wonderful introduction. You want to uh, you want to run that back for me? No, I really don't. But I got real, one real quick thing to tell you. Uh, we we spoke with Chase Patterson, Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. Oh, you got to tell. I know where this is going. A couple of segments ago, we were talking Tommy John injuries. Uh, he gave us the 14 year stat. So MLB two eighteen uh, one two hundred forty two Tommy John surgeries in the last 14 years. NFL only one. Uh, I think you could take a guess who that was, Big Baby Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, you mean the headline act of the Revenge Tour 2020? I got my tickets. I don't know if you do, but it's the only event that has not been canceled by COVID. Revenge? Say that again. The re- Revenge Tour tapes. Like, come the on. Revenge Tour 2020. Hey, I don't know if y'all know this. Big Ben with 102.5 passer rating Tight. through the first three games. Tight. The, the recruiting. Hey, what's Drew Brees' passer rating through the first three games? Uh, 101.4. Uh, a 32-pack of ramen noodles. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, all right. Let, let's jump into it. All right. We got Professor BC. We got Beck Haynes. We got another student, Sutton Davison, one of the finer students I've been around. Beck, we're going to go with you first. We've seen Louisiana Tech for two weeks now, 31-30 over Southern Miss, 66-38 over Houston Baptist. What have you learned about the Bulldogs thus far? I learned that Luke Anthony is who we thought he was. I like it. Ben, the guy has game experience, and you can tell. He's got a good arm. He's settling in. First game, like I mentioned earlier, some questionable throws, but I think he eliminated all doubt with Houston Baptist, threw some beautiful deep balls. Aaron is going to be fine in the future, but this is Luke's team. I'm excited about it. That's what I've learned. Sutton, what have you learned? I've learned that the defense doesn't like to tackle much, but I have learned that Tyler Grubbs is a real ball player. He's here to stay. You told me last week, or actually you said a couple weeks ago on the show, Oh, did I? his big game might get him in the rotation going forward. Might get him, you know, some time on the field. I got news for you. 16 tackles last week, 12 this week. 
That dude's a monster. He's got a nose for the ball. He may not be the biggest guy in the world, but he's the second coming of Quinn Harris. You heard it here first. All right, all right, all right. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, Beck. All right, you 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 jump out of the gates. You go with Luke Anthony. So, what quarterback does Luke Anthony remind you of that you've seen play not only at Louisiana Tech? Joe Montana. <laughs> what? Joe Montana. Uh, little six. Ben, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm not quite ready for that question. Uh, ben, I got you an answer. Yeah, go ahead. So I'm gonna defer to Sutton here. Nice. Luke Anthony. Luke Anthony actually reminds me of a Cody Sokol. Oh, oh great that's comparison. a good one. That's a good one. I'll go with that. Cody Sokol oh, was a guy agrees. He wasn't flashy. He, you know, he he didn't have a ton of uh, big game experience. Which I know Luke's the start was a starter at Abilene Christian, but his FCS program. Cody came in, kind of commanded the leadership role right away, and didn't do a whole lot of extra stuff. He wasn't going to wow you with his arm talent, but. He was a good commander of the offense and really got the, the team up and down the field. So I don't know if you can see Luke on the sideline. Dude seems to be a leader. All right. Love his on field. Beck loves a good oh, leader. Oh, you can just tell his, his charisma and his attitude. I like it. I like it. And that's a, I think that is a great comparison. Cody Sokol. I miss that guy. All right. What, what's, yeah, the- a, after two weeks, what, what's the ceiling for this tech team? Natty? Oh, the ceiling I mean, for the second. Well, according to y'all, it's eleven wins. But uh, no, we but, just talked about that before you connected on sudden. I think we have a nine and two. Yeah, you tried to zoom okay. call us. Yeah, instead of phone call. <laughs> hey man, get with the times, man. Twenty twenty. All right. So what's the ceiling? The ceiling for me, man, is a ceiling that I think we've been waiting for for a long time in Ruston, and that's the conference championship. Conference I Natty, think. I agree. I think that this team has the team to win a conference championship. And I think a lot of that is because a lot of the other teams in Conference USA, nothing's, nothing's really standing out to me this year. Marshall's got a good good thing going over there in, in Huntington. And, you know, you never really know about UAB when it comes to the Louisiana Tech. But I feel pretty good about the rest of the slate. I think it's going to come down to, uh, to that Marshall game in Ruston in a couple weeks. What you think? So you got I, I do agree with that. Yeah, no. I think, I mean, I'll say this, Ben. I can guarantee a bowl win if that's what you want to hear. Oh, I love we're it. We're going bowling and we're going to win. I love seven, it. right? I love it. Hey, let me ask you this: Is every team going bowling? There's only yeah, like yes, you can. Everything is going bowling. Every team's going bowling. Yeah. No, there's no yeah. there's no qualifications for a bowl. You can win zero. You just got to get invited. Go. Yeah. You just have to get a bid. I got you. Okay. Yeah, because I think we're up to 127 teams playing now. So. Uh, oh. Oh. Yeah. So. So you mean uh. The Big Ten, whose commissioner I will not name, uh, decided to come around and, and, and flip-flop yep. on over Pac-12 back Pac-12, too. Pac-12's going to play seven games. Did I see that right? Yeah, a little seven-game, little peewee football schedule. Got to yeah, love it. Backtracking a little bit, Sutton. So, hey, speaking of, a, speaking of abbreviated schedules, you know, I saw something on, on Saturday night that reminded me of one of my favorite players in all of sports. And there, I looked at Bailey Zappi, and you know who came to mind? Who? Baker Mayfield. And you know why? Because just like Bailey Zappi, Baker Mayfield really only plays in about four meaningful games a year, and he loses every one of them. 
Oh, Browns are two and one, but that's okay, Sutton. Try again next time. Yeah, you love to hate on uh, Baker Mayfield, but you that's trade for his number one receiver. All right, so let's take a look. I said four meaning. I said four meaningful games. Come on. Let Let's get back to the LaTeX BYU game. Twenty second ranked Cougars hosting the Bulldogs. Little Friday night kickoff. Little Friday high school Friday night football in Provo, Utah. Little eight p.m. kickoff. ESPN2, little Dave Fleming, Andre Ware on the call. If the Bulldogs go to Provo and get a win, would this be the biggest win in program history? You're going to call me crazy and out of my mind for saying it, but I've seen it mentioned on tech message boards this week. Well, first of all, are, the, are BYU players allowed to be out past 8 p.m.? I thought they had a curfew that they needed to be in their dorms by nightfall. That's a fair question. Uh, but second of all, you know, BC, I thought about this question when I saw it on the board, and it could potentially be, and here's why. We've had a lot of big games that have felt like, oh, this could be the biggest win. If this game goes the way we want it to, this will be a statement program win. But a lot of those games did not go the way we wanted it to. I, I think about when Mississippi State comes to the Joe in 2017, Everybody's pumped. That place is packed. Didn't go so well. Third and 93. Sports Center not top 10. But, love it. you know, you think about the only thing I will say, and you're going to roast me for this because you know I love this team. In 2012, that team had some big time Power Five wins. Obviously, the big one that got away from them was the AM at Independence Stadium. Uh, but. That team won some big-time statement games. Uh, I think the Miami game last year was a big program win, putting, four, putting zero points on the board against, you know, or allowing zero points to a, a program with that kind of history. But, you know, with the implications this year with Tech coming in 2-0, with what looks to be like an offense that's getting its legs under it, Luke's kind of getting in his rhythm, I think a win in Provo could potentially launch this team into that nine ten win season that we're hoping for with with hope hopefully a conference title at the end yeah sudden i hear what you're saying i don't like it to to say that this is the biggest win in program history makes us look like a cupcake ben a little cupcake a little under undercooked cupcake i'm not doughy little doughy i'm not saying tech's gonna come out this weekend with a w but i'm also saying if we do i'm not gonna be that shocked it's not the biggest win in program history. I, it's a big win, I guess, because BYU's probably got more students than Tech does. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I, I don't know if it's necessarily the biggest win in program history, but I think when you look at where the program is at right now, I think if you beat BYU, one of the uh, teams that are kind of in that conversation up there at the top with a Boise State, with a Central Florida, in terms of being an elite G5 program, I think that's the territory you enter if you are able to go on the road and beat a 22nd-ranked BYU. Now, I don't think it's the biggest win in program history, but it could be a win that really propels the program to, like you said, Sutton, 9-10 wins, and you're firmly in that conversation uh, going forward, especially, you know, you like to be mentioned for that Access Bowl year in and year out. This is the type of win that could get you uh, in that conversation. Uh, obviously, you got to take care of business later on in the year, but... This is a big big game for the program and could certainly propel you to bigger things. Yeah, and look, this is not going to be an easy road trip. It's no small thing to go up into the mountains of Utah and play a team 
with honestly more talent on both sides of the no, ball. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're and older, not more talent. No, listen. Okay, just because just because half those guys are thirty two and they've been on their Mormon mission, you know, for the last seven years, doesn't mean that they're be- or that they're not more talented. Okay, so listen. The way all I'll say is this: the way I've seen the Louisiana Tech defense play the last couple weeks does not give me a ton of hope going into this game. They have to shore some things up. I get it. They're a little beat up. They're playing a lot of young guys. There's some hope for me with a couple of players in that back end. Cedric Woods comes to mind, which, by the way, I like to think of him as a combination between Cedric Cooper and Xavier Woods. Oh, nice. Uh, nice. Cedric Woods, you know. But, man, we've got to get pressure on the quarterback. You've got to wrap up. I've seen a lot of defensive players running next to the ball carrier like they're racing them down the field. It's like, bro, put your arms out, wrap somebody up, and drive them to the ground. Not grabbing at the shoulder pads, not grabbing at the face mask. Wrap somebody up in the legs and bring them down. Hey, I'm glad that's all you're saying. I'm glad you got that point in, that that we know you have hope. So, Give us some hope, Sutton. Shoot your shot. What has you all fed up this week? I know you got something on your mind. Yeah, you want to know what's on my mind that's got me fed up? Yeah, I do. <laughs> you. <laughs> me? You've got me fed up. You know why? Because you're on this show acting like you're the biggest sports guy that's ever lived. And I got—I got to tell the people something. I got to get this out there for the public. You're the worst sports fan I've ever known in my whole life. You're softer than a two-dollar bill, and you don't have a lick of backbone. You call yourself a Cubs fan. You and Taves are in there talking about the Cubs, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something. As soon as they go down three-zero in this first round of the playoffs, yeah, it's best of three, old- so that's not going to happen. <laughs> As soon as they go down 1-0, BC is folding up his tent and he's heading back out there to the neighborhood to run laps around his cul-de-sac and track him on Strava and call it a day. Listen, and then, oh, the Saints, I got a quote from Twitter that I wrote down to show you. Quote, the Saints are the best team in the NFL and quite frankly, it's not very close. That came out of the mouth of Ben Carlisle, number 37, and... I'm here to tell you, we've seen over and over again that, wow, that could not be more true. And, Beck, you know I'm right. This kid, the Saints lose a couple games and hadn't heard a peep out of him. He's already gone home. It's already, oh, the NFL, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, let me tell you what really solidified this point for me was uh, he started Baltimore's defense last night in fantasy against, oh, I don't know, probably the best offense in the last few years of football. But, hey, guys, you know what? He can do it every once. BC got the L. BH right. got the dub. Guys. Fine with me. I hate to interrupt you, but uh, y'all can FaceTime after the show, but we have to get to our next time out, Sutton. It was a good time talking to you, pal. Hey, always, man. Keep vlogging those uh, one-mile runs, and we'll see you out there. Yeah, have fun FaceTiming with Beck. Let's go ahead and take our final time out of the night. We come back from the break. Don't put a bow on it. We're going to discuss this BC and Beck Haynes fantasy matchup this week. BC's got a few things to get off his chest. You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio. 
At First National Bank, we are committed to the individuals and communities we serve. We offer personal banking, mortgage lending, commercial lending, and cash management. Let us honor our pledge to be uncommon in all that we do by visiting one of our convenient locations in Arcadia, Ruston, Farmerville, Monroe, and West Monroe and experience our professional, enthusiastic service. First National Bank, the Uncommon Bank. Member FDIC. Hey, DQ fans, the new fall blizzard treat menu is here. It's a lineup of all your favorite fall flavors, blended with world-famous vanilla soft serve with pumpkin pie, caramel apple pie, Oreo mocha fudge, choco-dipped strawberry brownie dough, and snickerdoodle cookie dough. Every bite feels like diving into fall, leaves and all. It's officially fall at DQ, so hurry and make the season sweeter with the new fall blizzard treat menu today. Walpole Tire and Service has been a proud LaTeX supporter for over 60 years. So when the Bulldogs hit the field or hardwood, make sure your vehicle is game ready. Let the staff at Walpole get you safely to and from the game with brake repair, alignments, and computer diagnostics. Plus all major brands of tires, including Goodyear, Michelin, and BF Goodrich. Walpole Tire and Service, a name you can trust. Ruston and West Monroe. Visit WalpoleTire.com. Got a lot of stuff? Ideal Portable Buildings has what you need. A new custom-built portable building built with quality materials at low prices no one will beat. Ideal also carries dirks and portable buildings in all sizes from a garden shed to a lofted barn cabin. And keep all your stuff covered with a new Eagle Carport from Ideal. Rent to own with no credit check and 12 months same as cash with approved credit. Find Ideal Portable Buildings on Facebook or call 699-9426. Want to find out stuff about tech sports your neighbor doesn't know? Keep it right here on Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Brought to you by First National Bank. Call or text the show on the Fairway Car Top Line, 888-993-7762. It's time to put a bow on it. Final segment of the night. BC, Beck Haynes, John Tabor, Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Beck. BC. Go ahead, just get on. started. Go no, on with Describe it to me. What what happened this week between me, me and you and Fantasy? Come on, get it off uh, your you chest. Were, you I know were, you're proud. You were one and one coming into the week, all cocky, all right, like normal. Let me just give you a little history about BC. Loves to tout that he's uh, never been in the loser playoffs, always makes playoffs, but uh, never makes anything happen. I always like to remind Ben that I have as many championships as he does Ben, if you ain't first, you're last. I don't care how many playoff appearances you have. This is a uh, win oh, or go tapes. home league, BC. Oh, t- tapes. We got a and, ULL uh, raging oh. Cajun in the house. <laughs> Wins one game. He thinks it's a Super Bowl. No, I he don't. He won no, one week in fantasy. He's back in the cellar dweller come next week. Like, Beck, I'm proud of you. I am. Ben, I just don't get how you can claim to be this all-knowledgeable football king and you start in Baltimore's defense against the Chiefs. Who'd you want Trav- me to start? I don't, Did pick you see what's on the, the waiver, waiver wire? Maybe pick somebody who's not playing the best offense in the league. I don't know. Crazy thought. Sorry, I believe in Jalen Ferguson. And then you did another thing I don't And like. they scored a tutty, so get over yeah, it. Yeah, and still only got one point okay. with a tutty. Here's the other thing I don't get. You have Travis Kelsey starts. So every time he scores, your defensive score is going down. Yeah, sometimes you have to do that, no, right, Tate? It don't make no sense. Uh, I whooped Ben this week. We both are one and one. Yeah, you sound uh, like a Cajun. 
Good friend of the program, Sutton Davison. Big donut and three. Yeah, he is and and three. It's uh, you know, and actually, right. oh, fun stat. Uh, your brother is also in the league, and so is Sutton's brother, Lane, another good friend of the program. Uh, bottom four teams. Bottom in the four teams in the league. Talk a lot of smack for that to be happening. Yeah, long way to go. A little ten more weeks, Tapes. Uh, Tapes, can you tell Beck a little bit about uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint? It's funny. I was just thinking that. Yeah, I bet you were, Tapes. Listen, last year I started three of the first four weeks as the highest-scoring team. Ended up losing. Don't tell me it's a marathon, not a sprint. I get it. And on top of that, Ben, I also ran a marathon because I got last place. Nobody gets it more than me. But you know what? In my squad's little uh, locker room, we like to celebrate W's, especially against Mr. Bleetech Blue himself. Um, didn't, you, didn't you do the pie challenge? How many times have you finished in last place? Also oh, took the ACT. 60% of the time, Tabes. Three out of five years. It works Not all the time. <laughs> Not good for me. But listen, we are turning things around. A one and two. Looking good. My defense scored 27. Big difference. Ain't going to be playing Adam Gase in the Jets every week, my I know, friend. You're right about that. Oh, also fun stat of the day. Uh, I am four and two against you in the last three years. Oh, that's tight. Yeah, it's pretty tight. Yeah, it's... and that's not counting the one. Uh, I'm actually five and two, but we're not going to count it. It was the last game of the season. I beat you again. Well, let me tell you something. What? I've made the playoffs five straight years, and you've lost <laughs> you the guys, league sixty percent of the you've time. Got so zero cool. championships. So beat me head to head. I don't care. <laughs> beat me head to head. Like that's fine. You can go take the ACT, then you can run a marathon, and then you can pie yourself in the face, and then you can say you suck at the end. We gotta pick some scores for this All right. week. It's gonna be a beautiful week for sports. We got MLB playoffs starting up today. We got the dogs playing on Friday. We got BC heading to the beach on Thursday. So here we go. Louisiana Tech, BYU, eight PM kickoff Friday night. ESPN two. Dave and Teddy will have the radio call. John Tabor will be running the board. KXKZ one oh seven point five. Beck Haynes, Mark Kramer on the post game show. You can give them a call, 1-800-730-8031. They'd love to hear you from you. It's going to be a late night here in Ruston. Uh, as always, Mark and Beck will do a tremendous job. So, Beck, dogs are a 23-point underdog, over-under set at 56. What you got? Uh, lock of the week is taking the points. Ain't happening. Uh, that's lock a, of the week. Lock of the week. I'm telling you, Tech is not going to drop 24 points to BYU. I do think BYU comes out of this game with a W. As much as I hate to say it, a tough test for the Bulldogs, but BYU's physical style. Ultimately too much Ultimately overcome. too much to overcome. I'm going to go 37-31 BYU. I know that's a lot of points for Tech, but we'll Luke over. Anthony could sling it. All right, Taze, what you got? 37-34. Taves, come on. Give me the money line. Tapes taking the dogs. I like it, Tapes. I'm taking the dogs. Tapes thinks it will be a program-defining win. I like it. I love it. Ta- hey, Tapes didn't forget that little polar pop, I'll tell you that yeah, much. He's, uh, he's not- polar pop's 2-0 so far, buddy. <laughs> Going for the trifecta this week. I got um, 